Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Erica and I will be talking about making the most of Aries season. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're your your hosts, hosts, the Mystic Mystic Sisters, Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we chose the Queen of Wands. The theme of this card is social butterfly. The Queen of Wands sits on a throne decorated with lions and sunflowers. There's a lot of activity in this card. The way she's sitting with her knees apart and the way she's bending forward slightly and reaching out with the wand. It's like she's about to stand up and do something. It's unclear if the Queen of Wands is preparing herself to stand so that she can nurture you and give you great advice or so she can smack you over the head for being foolish. Whatever the method, she will tell you what she thinks about what you're doing, whether you ask or not. Do you have a story about a passionate person who inspires passion in those around them as well? A person who's an activist who works tirelessly for the cause they care about, whether that's yourself or somewhere else? I'm going to talk about myself because I feel like I'm very passionate about the things that I care about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes to a fault, like sometimes I think I take it to an extreme where it's like, if you don't agree with me, you're just wrong and you're (laughs) stupid. (laughs) But I feel like that's kind of this queen is just like, She's directed toward the action that she believes in, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to redirect her from that action. And that's how I feel when I'm like, and and not just about causes that I care about, like in activism, but also for like things that I do with my hyper-focusing. I just get so wrapped up in what I'm doing. Like the other day when I was, when I forgot to read our book for book club, (laughs) we like literally got done with recording and I was like, okay, now I'm going to go eat a snack and read the book and then I'll be ready for book club. And instead of even eating the snack, let alone reading the book, I played with my new editing software and got up, wrapped up in writing the book that I'm writing and completely forgot <laughs> that I had this other commitment. And then it was, it was seriously like four hours later or more. And I don't even know how the time passed. It was so, it's so weird when that happens. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's yeah. partly the Queen of Wands energy, just being like so focused yes. and driven. Yes. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a story about this kind of person? No. <laughs> you said you love the Queen of Wands. I do love the Queen of Wands. This description is not resonating with me, which is what I'm tr- struggling with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for me, the Queen of Wands is more about being a leader and continuing in the face of, of adversity so that inspiring people around her, but not necessarily the, I just, I feel like it's making her harsher than she is in my brain. The piece about smacking you over the head for b- being foolish. The reason I wrote it that way is because to me, the queen of wands is Molly Weasley. Okay. And so she's like, she's like, 
you know, she'll smother you in her bosom, uh-huh. but she's not afraid to yell at you and smack you over the head if you do something wrong. Like in the same sentence in that book, she's described as a kindly looking woman and a saber toothed tiger. Like within the same sentence, that's her. She's She protects her children, but she will also shout herself hoarse to her children over breakfast. Right. <laughs> So she's kind of encompassing a lot of the women leaders that I've met in my journey and have been role models for me in that they are not afraid of doing hard things and in fact look for the hard things to do. Are you playing with your cards? I am. Can you hear it? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a soft like... I was shuffling them because I'd never shuffled them before. (laughs) Well, I won't be able to edit it out probably. So listeners, if you hear it, it's just cards. It's okay. All right. So the queen of wands for me, she's very courageous in the face of adversity. And she's inspired me to look for the challenges to embrace that Capricorn part of myself that I want to constantly shove down. Because I think that women are socialized to not be ambitious and to not shout at people and (laughs) stick up for their passions and be confident in their passions. And so the Queen of Wands inspires me to not be ashamed of myself when I am passionate about something. As we mentioned at the beginning, today we're going to share with you five ways to make the most of Aries season. As usual, we will be sharing some information about Aries and the system of astrology that we use on this podcast. So Aries is the first zodiac sign of the zodiac cycle. If you listen to our Ostara episode, we talked a little bit about that, that Ostara marks the first day of Aries season and Ostara was once thought of as the first day of the new year. It usually begins around March 20th and ends sometime around April 20th. The reason that these dates change from year to year, it's usually, you know, very similar. In some years, it's the same, but every once in a while, you'll have a different date. And that's because of the use of the tropical zodiac system or astrology system. So this system determines the zodiac season based on the position of the sun in relation to the earth, rather than when the sun is within the constellation in the sky. Each year, the zero degrees of Aries is always going to be on Ostra, as I mentioned, the spring equinox. And then cancer season marks the summer solstice. Libra season marks the fall, or the fall equinox marks the beginning of Libra season. And the winter solstice marks the beginning of Capricorn season. So that creates four quadrants. And then those quadrants are divided into three 30 degree sections for a total of 12 30 degree sections making up a 360 degree circle each year it changes slightly and you can check your calendar for this exact date but as we've also mentioned on this podcast the energy shifts and changes growing to a peak in the center of that season and then fading into the previous sign and the next sign on either end. Overall, the Aries energy is characterized as the sign of action, new beginnings, and taking initiative. It likes to plunge right into things without planning, and the Aries sign is a very high energy. Think about that ram charging ahead, charging up the mountain, being energetic and high spirits, jumping from rock to rock with not a care in the world. And now that you know what to expect from the energy of Aries season, here are five things you can do to make the most of this energy. 
So the first thing that you can do is take discerning actions toward your goals. As we've said, Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. This marks the start of the solar cycle. It is a time to stop dreaming and to start doing. Just like New Year's Day feels like a clean slate, you also have a clean slate when it comes to setting intentions during Aries season. So set your intentions not only for this cycle, but for the entire zodiac year to come. And if you've found you've lacked motivation up to this point, take this opportunity to get things back on track. Erica mentioned this in our previous episode about how there's always these new opportunities, like no matter when it is during the year, there's an excuse to start fresh. And this is another one of those opportunities because it is another new year. And if you think about the zodiac cycle with each of these signs, they do have like a progress, the progress of the zodiac signs or the parade. I can't remember. Anyway, (laughs) a parade of zodiac signs where they each kind of evolve into the next one. And then we get back to Pisces season, which is like the after death sign. And then we are born again in Aries. So thinking about it as that beginning point again. Yep. If you're a New Year's resolution kind of person, this is kind of the time when those resolutions taper off and we forget about them. So if you're really, really wanting to like get back on that resolution track, this is a new year. This is the beginning of the Zodiac year. Have that same energy of January 1st coming into Aries season. And Aries will give you a boost because of that, like motivating action taking. It's it's ruled by Mars and Mars is the planet of action. So you've got just like this extra boost of help as well to get you going. So before we share the other four ways, let's introduce our new segment, Self-Care Act of the Week. Self-care is a buzzword these days, but like media representation of magic, representations of self-care can be confusing. Basically, self-care is any activity that you do deliberately to take care of your spiritual, emotional, or physical health in the long term. Maggie got me this Oracle deck, and it's just a deck full of self-care activities. It was made by Deja Osborne. It's called My Quality Time, the self-care activity deck. So we'll draw a card and see what it tells us. What I like about this deck is that it's got a really pretty watercolor picture and it just has the word of the card and then it comes with a little mini booklet to explain what the card means. I like that it gives this full picture that you can really kind of focus on without it being cluttered with the words of what you're supposed to do like other activity decks will do. Um, So it makes it more like a traditional oracle or tarot deck. So the card that we drew was number 42, Fit. And it's got a picture of a powerful, strong woman lifting a free weight, doing some bicep curls. It says, go for a jog, take a hike, work out at the gym, lift weights, try a new workout. So for me and my commitment for this week is I was shared five simple, I think five, five or six activities, calisthenic activities. And it's specifically designed for people who are sedentary without it being a super hard workout that is discouraging and is given up on easily. I've tried all the high intensity. I've tried the jogging. I've tried all this stuff. I am not a person who gets that endorphin rush of exercise. When I exercise, I end up feeling worse. It doesn't feel good in my body. So it's taken a lot of 
exploring to <laughs> find out what works best for me. This website that I found has its push-ups, pull-ups, leg raises, squats, and bridges. So five exercises. And he has actually modified them in various ways so that you can still get the benefits with high reps, but not having to do the traditional version of the exercise. So like with push-ups, there are wall push-ups where I'm leaning against the wall and moving myself away from the wall. And instead of doing like three reps of 30, I'm doing three reps of 50 so that it gives me the same benefit. So I've been doing that off and on for the last couple of weeks. So I will commit to doing a full week of all of the exercises in the modifications that work for me. That sounds great. I've been pretty good about doing my cardio and my yoga exercises because they help me with my ADHD. I've mentioned that before on the podcast that if I do that in the morning, I find that I am much more capable of focusing on what I need to. Like the day that I forgot to that I was supposed to do my book club book, I did not do it that morning. Even though I was hyper focused, I was hyper focused on the wrong thing. <laughs> so but when I when I exercise with cardio in the morning, that really does help me. So I'm going to commit to making sure that I continue that I do that every day this week. But I'm also wanting to lift weights. So that's going to be the real challenge for me because I have not found a benefit which and I don't feel like I get any sort of dopamine hits from lifting weights. That's why it hasn't stuck. But I'm going to challenge myself to make sure I do my lifting reps and see uh, for at least this week. And hopefully I'll find the benefit of it, like being stronger. Mm -hmm. It's a definite benefit. Good. <laughs> All right. And hopefully this inspires our listeners to also do their fitness for the fit card. And if you do, please let us know, share with us on social media or anywhere else. We'll enjoy seeing what you're up to. So back to the five ways that you can make the most of Aries season. The second way is to plan your year with no limits on your possibilities. So as I mentioned before, Aries season follows Pisces season. And we talked about throughout Pisces season that it is rooted in the dreamland, in the spirit realm. So there's all of this dreamy, psychic, intuitive energy that is following us into Aries season. Therefore, we can take that dreamy energy and plant it in the physical realm with Aries energy to help us to form a plan that we can carry through in Taurus season. Aries has this impulsivity that you need to be aware of during this time. And so instead of, you know, being impulsive, take advantage of the motivating energy of Aries to plan what you need to do and allow your passion to guide you while knowing that anything is possible as we learned in Pisces season. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to add to that? We talk about planning a lot. We do. <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On a podcast specifically designed to talk about things, we have decided to not talk about this anymore. So if you want to learn more about making plans and planning things out, there are a ton of episodes from Capricorn season, and you'll find these links in the show notes. The third thing you can do is face your life bravely and boldly. As the sign of the warrior, it's time to face your life with courage. Whether you're in the midst of a challenge that you're afraid to confront or simply fearful of where your life will go if you follow your dreams. Face this next chapter of your life bravely.
Decide if you're a bold force and work toward actually doing what needs to be done. You know, if you're back up with plan your year with no limit on the possibilities, if you're saying, hey, I want to start that business that I've been thinking about for years, or I want to change my job, or I want to go back to school, or if I want to be anything that you want to be, plan it and do it bravely. And I think this idea of the warrior, we'll talk about this more next week, but being brave and bold is part of the warrior. I think I often shy away from this term warrior because of its association with war and fighting, but it's it's more about the braveness and the courage that it takes to be a warrior. And so I've been identifying more with that idea of a warrior and like the queen of wands, being somebody who inspires people and leads people and follows their passions wherever they lead them. So that's kind of what you're doing during Aries season. And one thing, about, I think I've shared this analogy before when we were in Leo season and maybe even in Sagittarius, that the Aries energy is the spark of the fire. The Leo energy is the bonfire, the raging fire, and the Sagittarius energy is the embers of the coals. So it's kind of a progress of those three fire signs. And so that's the braveness. Like being brave isn't something that you ponder about. Mm -hmm. It's something that happens with like a flick of a lighter, you know, Mm -hmm. or a strike of a match. Yeah. Think about like what's happening in current events with Ukraine and all of that stuff. All of these people that are doing these very brave acts, the woman who went up with the sunflower seeds to the soldier, the farmer who commandeered the Russian tank. There was another woman that I heard about who did a video of like, I know how to drive a tank. Here's how you start it up. Like all of these, these acts of bravery are not necessarily planned. They're in the moment They're I'm going to do this because it feels like the right thing, thing to do at this time. It's very much a now thing and you do it with that impulsivity of the airy season because it's what you feel is right. Yeah. That's a good thing to think about. So the fourth way to make the most of Aries season is to be spontaneous and childlike. This is the first sign of the zodiac, and therefore Aries is often associated with childhood and youth. So allow yourself some spontaneity and pure joy. Make time for fun and allow yourself to be somewhat impetuous and naive should the need arise. So again, there's that impulsivity, things that you're not really thinking through, like a child would not necessarily think about the consequences, just completely motivated by fun and what's going to be good for me right now. (laughs) And of course, I always have to bring it back to our natural born people who are born under the sign that we're talking about. Our grandfather was an Aries, and I think he embodied this piece very well. He always was making jokes. He always was telling funny stories. He did things spontaneously. He did things with joy. He did, uh, what what were they called? Squeezers? Oh yeah, squeezers. <laughs> where he, where he'd, he'd just reach over and squeeze the ticklish spot of our knees and go, squeezer! And um, 
oh, I hated it, but I loved it at the same time because it was so fun and he knew it would make us laugh. Look to your natural born Aries friends and family members and see how they embody this and use the energy of the season to help yourself be more like that if that's something that is hard for you. And the last thing that you can do for embracing the Aries season is to focus on what you need and what you want. Aries is associated with the first house, which is the house of self self-confidence, identity, selfish wants, and basic needs. So give yourself permission to focus on yourself first for a while, especially if you find yourself giving yourself away to others most of the time. Hello, me. (laughs) (laughs) I am a number two Enneagram, which is the helper. I constantly want to help to forgetting about myself. So this is something I should focus on during this area season. um, You know, we can't give if our own cup is empty. So So fill up your cup and then you will have more to give to others later. Do some self-care. We gave an idea earlier in the episode and we'll continue to do so throughout this season and the other ones to come. So whatever that means to you, a luxurious bath, a makeover of your home or wardrobe, an art or music class, cooking a nice meal or taking yourself out on a date. Yeah, I think... It's important to remember that self-care is not selfish, even though we're putting them together in this kind of making, being a little bit more selfish. Taking care of yourself is just a thing that is necessary for survival. Right. But sometimes in order to remember to take care of ourselves, especially if we're not used to it, we often will need to be a little bit like on the extra selfish side of it, like, or it'll feel selfish if you're not used to it. Yes. And I do like... There's, there's a very negative connotation with the word selfish. It's used as a put down. It's used to talk meanly about people. But I, I kind of, it's kind of a word that I want to reclaim because we should be selfish. We should be thinking about ourselves first and others second because that is how we best care and help our community. I was just actually talking with Maggie about a friend of mine who her Zodiac layout is all, every single one of her planets is in the first half of the Zodiac wheel, which is the, so houses one through six, which is all about self. And then when you get in through seven through 12, that's when we it, you see more of the outreach towards community. And so this person is a very selfish person, but I mean that with the most respect that I can give that word that has such a negative connotation because her first thought is always about self and what will make her comfortable, which is the antithesis of me, where most of my planets are in the second half of the Zodiac chart. And so my outlook is all about community and all about helping others. And I rarely focus on self and am selfish for myself. And so when I look at her and the things that she chooses to do, I don't understand them. Because it's so outside of my worldview. So in a way, I want to try and emulate her more and look up to her as a way to be and to help balance myself out. Yeah, I think that's really helpful to find somebody for for any of these things who you recognize kind of has these qualities and to emulate them, especially if it's not like your first 
nature is to act in this way. If you know somebody who does act in this way, you can kind of mimic them in order to take advantage of this energy. Hey, Erica. Hey, Maggie. I see that you're eating lobster. Did you bring some for the class? No. That's mighty shellfish. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to share that one (laughs) with a certain somebody. Note to listeners, Erica's not actually eating lobster. I set that up. I'm not. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Which brings us to our herb of the week. So this episode is brought to you by Coriander. We'll start by telling you about the medicinal properties, and then Maggie will share about the magical ones. Coriander is the same plant as cilantro which was just mind boggling to me when I uh, first learned that. Cilantro specifically refers to the stems and leaves, whereas coriander refers to the seeds when talking in culinary terms. It is used for the following situations. It is antibacterial and antifungal. It is also an anti-inflammatory, which can be used for the various inflammation needs such as like if you have gas or arthritis or any sort of inflammation in the lungs. It is a good antispasmodic. So if you are having a chest cold, sorry, not a cold, a like a bronchitis or a pneumonia, it is good for that to help stop with the coughing as well as the inflammation that may be occurring in your lungs. It's also a good expectorant. So it gets rid of any phlegm that has been created by the inflammation. So just a good, I don't feel good at like upper respiratory system (laughs) herb. Something to be aware of is that if you use it in very, very high amounts, it can have a narcotic effect. effect. So, uh, you know, don't get high off of coriander. That that wouldn't be good. (laughs) Is it like dangerous or like, I'm asking for a friend, obviously. Like, could you die? I, I'm not sure. I I don't. I'm not. I don't okay. know. <laughs> but please don't use this as a new type of drug is all I'm saying. Okay. Okay, sister. <laughs> and it tastes good. Coriander's great, you know, to add as a spice in your food. Yeah. And if you're like me, who sometimes gets uh, cilantro and it goes mushy before I get a chance to use it, you can add coriander to it. It's not quite the same flavor as fresh cilantro, but it's like close enough mm-hmm. that it. Yeah. What are the magical properties of coriander, Maggie? Coriander is a very Aries plant. It is active. It is associated with Mars, the fire element, and Aries. All the Aries things. So it's perfect for this episode. For As for the type, the ways that you can incorporate coriander into magic... For immortality, which is a belief that comes from ancient Chinese practices, where consuming coriander was thought to bring about immortality, help you to live longer at the very least. It's also used for protection. You could put the seeds in a baggie and hang that over your home to bring about peace and protection. Another way to bring peace using coriander is to cook it into a food that you're going to share with somebody that you're not getting along with and that will promote peace. One of the most common ways to use coriander is for love. There are a lot of different ways to use it. 
Europeans in the Middle Ages used to use coriander as an essential ingredient in love potions. So creating a love potion would continue that tradition. You can also add it to any other type of love charm or spell, creating a charm bag or adding it to a charm candle that you are trying to bring romance into your life or to heal a broken heart as well. One good practice is instead of throwing rice at a wedding or a hand fasting ceremony, throwing the seeds of coriander at that ceremony in celebration of the love. This practice is also better for the birds who, when they eat rice, they become bloated. It's not a natural food source for them. But if they eat coriander seed, it is better for their digestion and they won't die. And adding powdered coriander to wine will create a lust potion. And if you ask me, it's more about the wine than the coriander, but who knows. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, the health aspect of coriander for magic. Ancient Romans would combine coriander with cumin and vinegar and rub it into meat to preserve the meat as a like a pickling or a jerky type of thing. So a way to keep the meat safe to eat. So for that reason, coriander has been used for health in a variety of different ways. It was written about by Hippocrates and other Greek Hippocrates. <laughs> I said Hippocrates. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and other Greek physicians. And it is thought that if you wear or carry the seeds, it can help to ward off any diseases and migraines. So another form of p- protection, but specifically against ailments. So next week, we will be looking at our lives through the lens of the two of wands. This card is about being courageous and feeling like you have the whole world in your hands, that you're about to take action towards something that you have wanted to do, that you're ready to go make your mark on the world. It's about embracing new ideas, being open to different perspectives and feeling really powerful. So again, we'll be looking for that in our daily lives. And if you have a story about the two of ones, please leave us a voicemail at welisten at talkwitchcraft.com. Minor Arcana, two of swans. 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 You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 066. Join us next week when we talk about the warrior archetype. Make sure that you are subscribed so that you are notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find this show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things. And if you have any other tips to add, tell us about it in the Talk Witchcraft Forum in the Mumbles Academy community. And don't forget to share this episode with your other witchy friends and followers. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Is my mic muted? I can't remember if I pushed the button. No, you're good. Okay.